0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Between Two Tackles. It's your boy, Dean. Sauce is not with us today, so I am taking the reins as host. Can't say I'm happy about it. This is only take two. Let's see if it lasts. Ray, what's
1: up? How are we doing today? I'm doing good. Uh, Good job, Dean. Only two takes. I mean, that's not bad. I think that's what I did when I had to fill in for the old uh, old big guy. (laughs) The old big guy. going to say something else, yeah, but no. you know, this is a publicly I mean, traded company, so I got got to I mean, watch my mouth.
0: He, yeah, I mean, let's be real. Sauce is the talent. I mean, those are big shoes to fill. Yeah, I mean, he's, dude, the guy's just, you know, he's a he's a he's a big time baller. So you know, it's oh. it's hard replacing him, and obviously, we're going to miss him today. But not only are we going to miss him, but we are going to miss the draft process, the stipulations, the theoreticals all of that jazz that is what makes us big time draft junkies is the nfl draft but not even the nfl draft days themselves but the speculation of what's to come and guessing who's going to go where watching the tape getting hyped on guys and then your team not getting them and then getting upset and then getting guys you probably didn't really like that much and then legit fooling yourself to love them, that is my favorite part of the draft. It feels like the day after Christmas where, you know, you're not opening the presents, but you get to play with the presents. But, you know, it fades really
1: quickly. Yeah, no, the the process is the best part. It, yeah, I mean, it's uh, the best part. It, yeah. Leading up to it is always the best. of speculation, like you said, but draft draft weekend itself was it was good. There were some surprises. I think this was the most trades in history, if mm. I'm not mistaken. I think there was like 54 or something like that during the weekend. But holy shit! I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, it was kind of mayhem, but it was it was a good time. A lot some surprises. Some people fell as per huge, but a lot of big time winners. I don't really. I feel like going through this. I didn't see many teams that like jumped out as glaring like losers, and obviously, you know, a couple days after, not gonna know for a couple years, but just off the just off pure reading on paper, I feel like a lot of teams kind of like just didn't really go out of that crazy. There was no Cole Strange in the first round or whatever, yeah. you know. It was kind of just relative chalk, even though there were some surprises here or there, but.
0: I agree there was it was definitely for the most part relative chalk. Let's say there were not no uh, coveted Raiders uh picks. That's for sure. There was no Cleveland feral being taken or some shit like that. So I agree it was definitely a lot of chalk and honestly when I went over all of these drafts and just you know all the picks that these guys, you know that these teams took, I I just see a lot of teams that improved. Now we get to the question who improved most and whom, you know, improved the least cuz I really didn't even my two losers That we will get to, obviously, much later. I don't think they came, I think both came out with better teams and with, you know, a brighter future. But I just think other teams did a better job. And that kind of gets to the topic of the day. And that's going to be draft winners and draft losers. We each have three winners because we are an optimistic podcast, followed by two losers. And before we get to that, we are going to get to the draft that has If you are breathing and not from Philadelphia, it had to annoy you. Uh, (laughs) And that's going to be the Eagles draft because it is flat out silly. I just, it's so crazy. We were just laughing about it before we even started up the pod today, but come on. I mean, Jalen Carter drops the nine. They assert themselves in what? Give up a fourth, which or a fifth, right? Was it a fourth? I have the the trades up right now. Let's see. It was, to I'm pretty sure, I mean, I remember us laughing about it at my house, chowing down on some homemade Rubens by your boy, but they traded up only giving a fourth to secure on many people's boards. Whoever had him on your board, team-wise, GM-wise, he was had to be your number one guy or number two, number three, a.k.a. if you did not factor in the off-the-field stuff just off of tape this was most people's number one guy so just to get him at ninth and am i right was it a fourth
1: fourth next year yes i wish nfl next um year. yeah i wish nfl like network would organize the trades like non i guess august oh, they did but it's just Top bottom to top as opposed to top to bottom, which is whack, but whatever.
0: Yeah, it's probably like all over the place. But uh, yeah. yeah, so uh, they they trade with the Chicago Bears, who obviously did not generate a ton of interest considering or they definitely wanted to secure their guy in Darnell right at 10. But they get Jalen Carter at nine. Then they get his teammate right beside him. Nolan Smith, the feisty, crazy athletic edge Uh, still out of Georgia and Nolan Smith at pick 30. Then in the third round, with the second pick in the third and the 65th overall, they take Tyler Steen, the tackle from Bama, who has some inside versatility to guard potentially, which was a great idea considering they're going to have potential question marks down the road. AKA, this is a you know this is a depth and and luxury pick for the Eagles, and still a great one. Then they get my boy, the pick after at pick sixty six, and that's going to be safety defensive back Sidney Brown out of Illinois. My safety one, I mean that is just a perfect pick and is perfect for their system. A guy who you could have radiate around the box and just freaking run downhill and disrupt, disrupt lanes just violently. Then they get another Georgia Bulldog in the fourth round. Pick 105, an absolute steal by almost everyone's measurement. I'm still dying to know how he fell this far. He was very low. I thought I was very low on Keely Ringo, but they get Keely Ringo, the corner, out of again Georgia, this team is this defense is actually just like two thirds Bulldogs now. Then they get Tanner McKee, quarterback out of Stanford, who at pick 188, a lot of people thought he would go earlier. Then, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, they rounded out Moro Joma. A Jomo in the seventh round, but I'm going to. I would be lying if I told you who, uh, like I knew this guy and watched his tape very much. So I will lie. But uh, I mean, right.
1: yeah, I mean Jalen Car- Jalen Carter to the Eagles. This is something that we all talked about as a possible. I didn't really even see it as a possibility. I didn't see Jalen Carter getting past the top six or seven, but he slipped a little bit. I mean that off the field stuff before the uh, draft obviously had its effect. Because he was clearly – I mean, you said he was my number one player in this draft. Just an absolute disruptor. You have to pair him with the rest of the Georgia Bulldogs who are on – the Eagles which is literally the entire university is just an eagle now it's kind of crazy <laughs> uh one th- and then one thing you didn't mention they added another bulldog DeAndre Swift by giving up a, f- a fourth round pick yes. in two years so <laughs> yes thank you insane
0: uh, Gosh, it's just ridiculous
1: taking that into account this draft is crazy you get a, a true disruptor on the interior at defensive tackle and Jalen Carter you know the Eagles live and die by that defensive line they doubled up on it in the first Nolan Smith I wasn't as high on as everyone else but He's gonna land anywhere. I think you want it to be the Eagles. He's pretty a seamless transition. I think when Hassan Redick uh leaves, there, I mean, ultra athlete can stand up and be that like Leo uh rusher, which is really, just really something he that's like his role. That's what he's gonna have to develop into. And then you said it's Steen as the swing tackle gives you some inside outside versatility. We both love Sidney Brown as like a box safety, which they kind of needed with when they lost uh, Gardner Johnson. I believe they lost someone else too in the safety, if I just don't remember off the top of my head. And then Keely Ringo, me personally, wasn't the biggest fan. I think he's still cracked by top five corners, but I feel like he may actually be better transitioning to safety. He's got that big build. Maybe you can uh, move him around a little bit. Let's see what they have, how they use him. And the Tanner key pick, I really like too, because The Eagles, they always say, that uh, Howie always says, he's in the business to develop quarterbacks. So you get a former five-star who has has an arm. Clearly, let's see how they can develop him and see if they can turn him into some future assets as well. Mm -hmm.
0: Seriously. Yeah, no, so uh, flat-out ridiculous. If you have a pulse and you don't live in Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, like I said, this should annoy you. This could just potentially be the... The dawning of a legit just powerhouse defense and a potential dynasty team with a Jalen Hurts leading you. And this O line is fucking it's the best. This O line is the best in the league as well. Um, there's some close O lines like the Falcons that come to mind, but this is basically one, two, or three, and it's not close. Then you have AJ Brown Devonte Smith yeah this team is annoying let's please move on before we get to our winners and losers we did not want to be impartial and talk about the Jets as a winner or loser so we just decided to quickly brush up on them uh really really quick the Jets took at pick number 15 Will McDonald the fourth in the second round at pick 43 they took Joe Tippmann the center out of Wisconsin at pick 120 they took what Carter Warren, the tackle out of Pittsburgh. In the fifth round at pick 143, they took Israel Ab- Kanda or Izzy uh, the running back out of Pittsburgh. I'm sorry, I definitely butchered that last name. In the sixth round, they took Zaire Barnes, linebacker, Western Michigan. Again, in the sixth round, later on, they took Jarek Bernard, Converse corner, out of LSU. And then, lastly, and honestly, most surprising for most people, especially in the draft industry, uh, I heard it, saw it all over the Twitter sphere, and that is Zach Kuntz dropping all the way to 220 out of Old Dominion,
1: the tight end. Uh, Talk to me. Yeah. I mean, that, when that Will McDonald pick really caused out of, uh, out of left field, I was really hoping for a trade back once. I mean, I was hoping for a trade back the entire time, but once project went, I thought it was for sure going to be moving back, just collecting some more assets. When that pick went in, I really didn't know which way they were going to go. There was a lot of murmurs. That it was going to be Jackson Smith and Jigba, but that just doesn't really seem like something this regime was going to do. Uh, and then even, um, What's his name? I don't know why I'm blanking, but it's been a long fucking week. Uh the the defensive tackle from Pitt. I don't know why I'm blanking.
0: Kalija can't. Elijah,
1: thank you. But again, that I feel like just the small frame just didn't really make much sense for our team. But they go and they address the edge, which if you know Joe Douglas, he's always a line, defensive line, when in doubt, that's what he wants to do. It just gives him another guy to just throw into that rotation and gives them something different i guess a little bit i mean i know they have bryce huff but he's on the last year of his deal uh they just get juice and just pure bend, speed and athleticism off the edge which is something that they i guess they want to do and Salah's rationale made a lot of sense they're gonna be playing with more leads now that they we actually have a quarterback yeah close out and you close out with pass rush so they're gonna be going 10 strong again on that defensive line and i mean it makes sense in a Two to three years down the road, move two just because Carl Lawson's going to be a free agent. Uh, ne- after this year, Hoff's going to be a free agent after this year. Clemens and JFM are more like big ends. I feel like they're not really edge rushers, so there's always room to there's always room to add. So I kind of like that. And then what what really made me happy about it was I wanted a trade back and I wanted Joe Titman at the end of the first. That was what I wanted. They made me wait 24 hours, but we got him in the second. So once that happened. I mean I couldn't really complain yeah. at all. Yeah. Right? I,
0: I, you had a big sigh of relief when that happened. Yeah, I,
1: dude, you weren't there. You weren't there. I just started I just started fist pounding. I was so pumped up. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, I, I'm still and I've I have aired this,
0: um, you know, aired my woes. I I'm still a tad disappointed. I know a lot, a lot of people are in the camp and want to be satisfied with this just along the lines that it obviously, in some capacity, includes Aaron Rodgers, because obviously you traded back, you, you pick-swapped, so you're back to 15 instead of being at 13, which you pick-swapped with the Packers for, and you also gave away 40, uh, 42 or 44. The one before, uh, 42 after right? 42 and yeah, 42. So obviously you want to naturally include that, but I, I like to look at how you allocated your draft assets when you were actually taking these picks. And uh, unless you're drafting for other draft capital, I'd really don't include it in my grade or my evaluation. And, uh, from Will McDonald, I mean, I love how Robert Sala put it, you know, I'm don't worry, buddy, we're going to put you out at that wide nine. A lot of people saw a lot of potential in this kid. Uh, He has amazing production out of college, even though he was widely known as being used not to his full potential, playing a lot of inside, playing a lot of four tech and a lot of four eye and even some three tech at times, which is just not his game. He is wild length. He is freakish. And he's a guy that you need standing up outside uh, in some odd fronts and some attacking fronts, which which Salah intends to use with him so that's obviously very encouraging you said your you said your piece on titman uh, i do just want to very quickly talk about zach Kuntz, who uh we took at 220 he has the best mm-hmm. testing at, athletic wise ever um in actual athletic recording history um which is <laughs> which is crazy since like i believe it's like from 1982 to now um they've been really really heavily recording this stuff for nfl prospects um and zach Kuntz is just number one in tight ends so it's cool to add a piece like him
1: yeah i love that and just it's it's a whole like general uh theme on day three i love how he traded back and got more got a couple extra dart throws which i love and then everyone that they picked was of top tier athlete every single one of their picks i think they had the out of the whole draft, we had the the best average, uh, RAS score of anyone Mm -hmm. that was uh, out of any team. Uh, so you go get your dart throws and then you just spend that on top tier athletes. I I love, uh, Izzy. It gives you another home run hitter at running back. And then the other two, the, uh, Zaire Barnes and Jared Bernard Converse, I'm not too familiar with, but we need some athletic playmakers on that second level on the defense. I love how they say, uh, Bernard Converse can give you some inside outside versatility in regards to corner and safety. So, Let's we'll see how it goes. I mean, obviously we won't be we won't see the fruits of this until for another few years. But yeah, in, in Douglas we trust. In, in Douglas we trust. Uh, that being said, Ray, let's get to our winners and
0: losers. Let's have you start first. Who's your first draft winner for the twenty twenty three NFL
1: draft? I fucking love what the Colts did. Uh, just I'll, let me run through their draft real quick, then I'll like get into what I really loved about it. So they got um. Anthony Richardson at four, so QB of the future. Uh, at uh, their, sec- their first second-round pick, or their only second-round pick, rather, Julius Brents from Kansas State, the cornerback. Josh Downs in the third, receiver from North Carolina. Brake Freeland in the fourth, BYU off of the tackle. Adi Tamiwa, Adabare, crazy drop. They got him in the fourth as well, the uh, defensive lineman from Northwestern. Darius Rush, the cornerback from South Carolina, got in the fifth. Daniel Scott, the safety, they got in the fifth. Uh, Will Mallory, the tight end from Miami, they got in the fifth. Evan Hull, the running back from Northwestern, they got in the fifth. And then Titus Leo, uh, inside linebacker from Wagner, they got in the sixth. And then they finished that with Jalen Jones, the corner from AM in the seventh. And Jake Witt, the really another crazy athlete off of the tackle uh, from Northern Michigan. So just off the top, what I love, I love the smokescreen of Will Levis. They had everyone and their mother fooled. I thought for sure that was going to be Will Levis. Uh, Good for them. Really good for them. This guy clearly has the highest ceiling of any of these quarterbacks. And Sykin's shown that he knows how to get a quarterback's athleticism out of them early while the X's and O's processing and just the arm and just the passing in general develop. So, I mean, he's got – it's proven success, so let's see how that goes. And then just the way they navigated – um, that second round, they traded back a couple times. Added three extra picks, if I'm not mistaken, and they just get Julius Brents, crazy long corner, Darius Rush. Uh, later in the third or fourth, they got uh, another crazy long corner. So those are two guys who are going to step in immediately, give them some really compete for starting jobs on the outside. It's a copycat league. We always say it starts at the C, and uh, <laughs> it's long. Yeah. Starts at the though. Long and long athletic corners (laughs) is the is the new wave, man. So take a couple dart throws on there, and hopefully one hits big for you. A lot of people speculating that he's the Tariq Woolen of this class, which is I fucking praise, but you know, dude, he's insanely long. He's got like length of like an offensive tackle. It's crazy, crazy. But then, just Josh Downs is my number four wide receiver. He fell all the way to the third. I mean. Home run pick, in my opinion. I think he's going to complement what Pittman and Pierce do really well. He's so twitchy, so quick in short areas, natural hands catcher, and just the production he had at UNC when he was pretty much the only target, this at least this year. But two bunch of catches, 2,400 yards, 19 touchdowns the last two years. That's just A-plus a, a plus production. And I think he's going to really, really be end up being a steal in this draft. And then... I can't I just touching on those three extra picks they ended up getting by trading back. You turn that into Adam who I am obsessed with. Everyone knows that he was yeah. in my top 25. I want to say number 24th overall player. Daniel Scott, who the safety from Cal, who a lot of people are really uh, big fans of. And then obviously Titus Leo, I'm not too familiar with him from Wagner. But then one other, one last thing just that Stefan Gilmore trade before the draft, they, they, that netted them Evan Hole, who I think is going to be a nice change of pace back for them, kind of filling that. Naheem's high and roll, who can just play on third downs and uh, spell JT a little bit. So yeah. overall, a a draft loved it, and they just hit so many areas of needs. Uh, I think this one, this could be one of those uh, statement drafts in a couple of years. You look back, you say, okay, this this is why the Colts got good again.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, if a Rich even hits like seventy percent of his, ceiling, oh, it- you're you're thinking that without a doubt. But I I I see. This has honestly an extremely strong draft, and I just love that you brought up to start the smoke screen. If anyone w- listened to our round one recap off the rip, fuck it, we'll do it live. Uh, the boys were a little buzzing. If you did not, you should because it was a good time, and uh, we've gotten great reviews about it. People say it's a great listen. Uh, we talked about it at nauseum about how we were fooled, even ourselves, and it made no sense that we were fooled. Shane Sykan just showed the the pedigree he can have with a quarterback why not get the crazy crazy or be all in why would we discount that he would be out or not all in on anthony richardson who has all world all world potential just like a similar to a jalen hurts honestly and honestly uh i feel like we really overlooked and did a poor job there but hey good for them they really got all of us uh, let's move on with my first winner of uh, the 2023 NFL Draft, and that's going to be the G-Men, the New York Giants. This is going to be really easy. They trade up to get at to, they trade up to number 24, just a few picks to get Deontay Banks out of a cor- uh, cornerback out of Maryland. I mean, I could not gush about this guy more. He was not um he, he was my number three corner for quite a while, but I do want to stipulate that that number three corner spot was a tier ahead of number four, number five for me, which was Joey Porter Jr. and Cam Smith. And I've been a huge Tay-Tay Banks guy, and I've said it since jump, this is a Wink Martindale complete prototype at corner they they employ the most man coverage in the league so they can get creative and wink can do the do wink things and that is why a Deontay Banks who has the premier mirroring ability oily hips and as a guy who can pressure at the line if you need is the perfect guy for them I love that they were able to get Deontay Banks um, then they were able to get John Michael Schmitz at pick number 57, the center out of Minnesota, I'm just going to finish out their draft really quick. They were they they then got the speedy wide receiver out of Tennessee at pick number 73 with Jalen Hyatt. And then they did have a few other picks, which I will not kind of talk on. I'm just going to talk on their first three rounds of picks. Uh, but they did actually also get in the fifth round. Eric Gray, the running back out of Oklahoma, which I did I did think was a good, good get for them as well. But uh, starting with their second-round pick now, that's going to be John Michael Schmitz. I mean, just – you can't get a guy with more experience in college football than a John Michael Schmitz, almost ever. I mean, five years as a starter, endless amounts of snaps, and a guy who just has just – Great leadership qualities, and he's going to be a guy that's going to fill in at the center position, which is a monumental need for this team, and really sure up the inside of this o- of this O line. But the next pick kind of was the cherry on top. This was my wide receiver five. Um, I-, I did last second not last second maybe a few weeks before drop him from four to five and get jsn at four but jalen hyatt nonetheless was in the same tier for me than jsn he's just a cushion fucking eater he just eats that cushion for breakfast lunch and dinner he does it seamlessly and he's a guy who's capable of really doing some nice polished routes in the intermediate range but this is a guy that i just think is the perfect fit for this team they need someone who could field stretch and Open up this box that is usually year over year with Saquon Barkley a offense that faces the most boxes in the NFL on average. And the fact that you can open up this opposing defenses for Saquon Barkley, your best offensive weapon to work, is awesome. They also got Wandell Robinson last year, who is going to play predominantly in the slot. They have Isaiah Hodgins, another outside receiver, and now they actually have a wide receiver crew that they could actually be excited for moving forward. Uh, Ray, you, your next winner.
1: My next winner is going to be the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, just, I'll go through their picks real quick, then I'll elaborate. So, Paris Johnson Jr. is the first pick. B.J. O'Jarri in the second round. Garrett Williams in the third round, cornerback from Syracuse. Uh, Michael Wilson, wide receiver from Stanford, also in the third round. John Gaines, the guard from UCLA, in the fourth Clayton Toon, quarterback from Houston in the fifth. Owen Papo, the freak, uh, linebacker from Auburn in the fifth as well. Kentrell Clark, Louisville cornerback in the sixth. And then they closed out with Dante Stills, uh, defensive tackle from West Virginia. So just off the cuff, I love just the strategy, overall strategy, big picture from this new regime. Trading back and then trading up, but they essentially get an extra first and third next year. Uh, and they get their uh, OT1 in Paris Johnson Jr. This this team has, this franchise rather, has just completely neglected the offensive line for far too long. And Kyler Murray's paid the price. Whoever's under center for them long term, you got to protect. And they go get someone with true all pro uh, potential who can play left tackle, can play guard. But I don't, obviously, don't see that happening. He's going to be penciling that left tackle from day one. He has the length and the athleticism. I think he, there, there are going to be some uh, growing pains, but the ceiling's all world and i just love the philosophy from this uh regime and then they move back again in the second uh edit another third this was in the will levis trade and get my 15th overall player, BJ Ojalary, who is someone that you, as everyone who listens knows, I was a massive fan of, I think this is a, a future. I got two to three years down the line. that's going to be paying massive, massive dividends. Once he puts on a little bit more size, he just has a natural feel of how to rush the passer. Got some really good bend and just, I love this little swim and little hesity move that he has. I think he's going to be one, a really good player for them uh, long-term. And then, uh garrett will williams This this secondary is just depleted he's someone that he'll be able to compete for starting reps on the outside he's physical a little a little smaller than most of these other guys in the class but they'll he'll be able to play they'll give him snaps uh byron murphy moved on they need they need help in that secondary bad and then michael wilson big bodied stanford wide receiver he's another one fought through some injuries in college but He's going to – he'll compete for reps right away, and but he will play special teams right away as well. So he's going to be – he's a do-it-all type of player for them. Uh, a couple more picks I just want to touch on. Clayton Toon, love the going quarterback here, someone who can develop. Clayton Toon has some ma- put up massive numbers at Houston. And then with Kyler Murray presumably out for the year, who knows how long he's going to be out for, there's a really good chance Clayton Toon gets reps this year. Uh, Colt McCoy is presumably the starter right now. He can go down any given play. And if they're out of it, why not see what the rookies got and just see what you have going forward. So I really do like that as a developmental pick. And then Owen Popo in the third round, very raw, but he ran a sub 4-4-40, four, uh, really good, really insane athlete. Got the strength and just straight-line speed. And they have one of the most athletic uh, sec- second levels in football. You got him. Isaiah Simmons, Kaiser White, Zaven Collins, so just a lot of athleticism, and that's what the NFL is turning to in this linebacking core nowadays.
0: Very nice, very nice. Uh, I'm going to get to my second winner, and that is going to be, and I hate to say this, but it is going to be the Buffalo Bills. I think with the only a few picks they have and they had and probably you know one of the least in draft cap capital uh according to the trade the trade chart for this year Uh, i think they absolutely knocked it out of the park their first round pick they picked at number 25 they they got uh tight end one dalton Kincaid out tight end out of utah at pick 59 which is their second round pick they got osiris torrance the guard out of florida At pick 91, in the third, they were able to get Dorian Williams, the linebacker out of Tulane. In the fifth round, at 150, they took Justin Shorter, the crazy specimen wide receiver out of Florida. And then in the seventh, they had a pair of picks. They got Nick Broker, the guard, out of Mississippi, and Alex Austin, the corner, out of Oregon State. I mean, guys, if if you've even listened to, like, two minutes of this podcast of any individual episode ever before there's a good shot I talked about Dolan Kincaid in those two minutes
1: (laughs) this is this was such this was such a you draft this is the
0: most me draft (laughs) this is most me draft because the the number the first two guys are actually my probably a court like if you were going to like compare it to everyone else I'm higher on them than anyone I know. And that's going to be Don Kincaid and Osiris Torrance. I don't even need to talk further, but I will. But Dawn Kincaid was my 11th ranked player, and I actually dropped him down last second out of my top 10. I mean, you're hearing it after the draft now that secretly a lot of – well, number one, it was no shot in almost all front offices' minds that – Dalton Kincaid was tight end one. It was almost unanimous. That is the talk around the league right now. And on top of that, a lot, a lot, a lot of GMs and coaches are saying that they they really see a lot of Travis Kelsey's game in Dalton Kincaid's game, which I've been pounding the table for legit. I can't even say for how long since legit the first few weeks of the college football season this past past season um then we got osiris which is oh by the way an amazing 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 piece for josh allen we are hearing that he was pumped when he heard the news i would have liked this over any of the other pass catchers in this draft i've said that a thousand times and i had donkin Kincaid nine spots higher than my wide receiver one and i think that they got really lucky that he's they slid to them at 25 to be honest with you then osiris torrance i mean My interior line number one, I have no idea how he lasted to 59. He has such such a strong punch. He's so reliable in the pass game. And he is not the best mover in the run game. But he is a guy that I think will be perfect in sealing off for Josh Allen. Especially when he's trying to scramble and really kind of mirroring and keeping a guy in front of him and making sure that on broken plays that he's not giving up he has amazing amazing uh, drive he has no you know his motors fantastic Osiris Torrance going to 59 was just absolute blasphemous then they got Dorian Williams I know they need a little bit a little bit of depth at that linebacker position and getting the two lane the highly productive two lane linebacker and Dorian Williams I loved for them and lastly I mean I'm not a fan of the Justin shorter pick. I think it's cool. You get a guy who, who looks like with his shirt off a DK Metcalf and you know, like you said, right? it's a C-League. It's a copycat league. So, you know, you get a guy who looks like it. This guy had like one touchdown in like X amount of, in a lot of games.
1: Massive recruit though coming out of high school. Yeah, uh, ton Wolver- of pedigree. I, I mean, I watched the tape.
0: Former State. I, I I watched the tape. I don't think he will be... Um. Much of a contributor, let's say. That's, uh, that's, a, that's but... a get off
1: the bus pick, though.
0: Yeah, that oh. exactly. It's a get off the bus pick. And it doesn't matter. They could have drafted me, you, and sauce with their next three picks after Osiris Torrance and Don Kincaid. It's automatically my favorite, my favorite draft class. And I hate to say it. So Ray, give us your third winner.
1: Uh yeah, my, my last winner is gonna be the Carolina Panthers. Uh top of the board, they go Bryce Young. Then they get Jonathan Mingo in the second followed by dj johnson the edge rusher from oregon in the third in the fourth chandler zavala the guard from nc state and then in the fifth jamie robinson from florida state the safety slash nickel so a small draft class but this is this is another one it's a it's a franchise setting draft class you go get your guy and bryce young admittedly he was my number two quarterback but still a top five player on my board i really love the tape from him, the poise, just the awareness in general. He just looks like an absolute general out there. I I think a little surprising that Frank Reich that was his guy and just the whole regime, but hey man, they got their guy and they, they can protect him. This offensive line up front, this he's going to a, a pretty uh pretty solid offensive line who they can run the ball to, which is a quarterback a young quarterback's best friend. What really what I really love about this draft though, Jonathan Mango in the second, I love, love, love Boy. One of my guys, I love the fit for him in this offense. They gave up DJ Moore obviously to go up to number one, so they they kind of need to add some skill players around the quarterback. And I think that he just complements what they have already so well. He's a, a big body, 6'2", two to twenty, but he can be moved around a lot. Whether he be outside, you play the slot, you can get him. He can help in the block in the run game blocking wise. So I love the I love the fit there. And then DJ Johnson, the edge rusher from Oregon. Ultra athletic ran a sub four uh sub four five forty. I think he ran four four nine. So that'll give him some more juice off the edge to pair with Brian Burns and maybe help light a fire under Itor Gross Mantos, who I really liked coming out a few years ago. Yeah. But uh my favorite pick, I think it may even be better than the Jonathan Mango pick, Jamie Robinson in the fifth. I mean, sure, he's a little undersized, doesn't really test too well, but the guy's a football player, man. You get, he can play safety for you, he can play nickel. I just think he's gonna be a really good piece on this already good uh, secondary, already good defense, rather. And just, it's going to be one that you look back and say, how the fuck did that guy make it to the fifth round, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, Chandler Zavala, I mean, I know I mentioned their offensive line's already good, so he's more of a, probably going to be a depth piece, but he's probably everyone's biggest combine snub. I I didn't get to watch much tape on him, but he's gritty. I've heard he's gritty. He moves well. Kind of a do-it-all guard that helps just add to the cupboard, man. If there's one thing that we know as Jet fans, you never have too many alpha to linemen who are starting caliber.
0: I love it. Awesome. I'll round this out with my third winner, and I mean, this was this might be my number one
1: winner overall. Dude, you've been and saying that to about every single team. No, no. Yes, I have not said that. You said about the Bills literally five minutes ago.
0: No, well, yeah, those are my two my guys. I I, but they 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 only had so many bullets in the chamber, right? This is a team that also had a good amount of bullets in the chamber. Hey, but uh, that's going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I mean, I, I absolutely loved loved this draft. They not only got at the time a lot of the best available. A lot of BPA, a lot of best player available, but a lot of guys that just fit what they need. And I just see them translating the Steeler guys almost immediately, almost day one. So first and foremost, they trade up in front of the Jets, which I, I mean, I do not believe the smokescreen right now. People are saying that if Broderick Jones was still to the Jets, that... They would have taken they still would have taken Will McDonald at fifteen. I do not believe that. But I, I'm going to say the whole draft class first. Then I will stip then I will continue. Uh at pick fourteen, they they trade up to get Broderick Jones, the tackle out of Georgia, the vending machine with limbs, as Ray likes to put it. At That's Dewan Jones. That's DeWan. You know it is Dewan, but he's come on. Broderick Jones is is not as big, but Oh, he's not far off. He's not far. He's still a vending machine. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but uh, at pick 32, the first uh, pick of the second round, they got Joey Porter Jr. corner out of Penn State. Then at pick 49 in the second, they got Keanu Benton, defensive tackle out of Wisconsin. In the third round at 93, at pick 93, I, this is that is not a mistake. They got Darnell Washington, the mismatched nightmare tight end out of Georgia. At pick 132 in the fourth, they got Nick Herbig, Linebacker, edge, D tackle. Who fucking knows? Out of Wisconsin, and they got. Did you
1: just call Nick? Did you just call Nick Herberg a D tackle?
0: I could see. I could see him being like, like four tech.
1: We'll, we'll We'll
0: move past that. We'll leave that in, but we'll move past it. Just I just, I was trying to say it as like he does not have a position. Okay, that's fine. Okay, fucking Ray. Right. Um, he was used all over the place in that Wisconsin defense, and then they got two. They got two seventh rounders in uh, in Corey Trice Jr., the corner out of Purdue, and guard Spencer Anderson out of Maryland. Anyway, we'll start at the top. I love that they got in front of the Jets and really did not need to pay a lot and just got their guy. This is a, for sure a Pittsburgh dude. Just throw him out there and protect a potentially really good Kenny Pickett who I think showed flashes last year. And this is a guy not only who can be a starting tackle for them for a while and be great protecting Kenny Pickett, but this guy is an 18-wheeler when he is running and and really just destroying people in the second level when it comes to, uh, obviously, run blocking for Najee Harris. Then they got Joey Porter Jr., at 32, a lot of people were surprised. A lot of people were speculating that they would be staying at their play in at, I believe their pick was originally uh 17, right? At 17. Yeah. And that Joey Porter Jr. would be a great pick there because they desperately need a corner. They were able to stay at 32. And thanks to Emmanuel Forbes being drafted in front of him, as well as Deontay Banks, they were able to get Joey Porter Jr., which I speculate has probably just been their guy. He's got great length and he, Plays uh, a great press corner for this Mike Tomlin defense. And then, I mean, they get my guy at 49, which is Keanu Benton, the D-tackle at Wisconsin. Again, this is just such a Pittsburgh guy, fluid athlete, and I think a guy who can be in a year or two a guy who develops more of a pass rush specialty and even can disrupt the quarterback as well as already as a polished run block uh, as a run defender then at 93 they get Darnell Washington like come on i mean i already see the pa- i already see the sets they have where they legit just part Darnell Washington next to Broderick Jones or on the other side of him it does not matter and just use him as a second tackle and just absolutely get instant 5 yards to whatever side that is he's a scary mismatch in the pass game which he had awesome awesome measurables uh when it came to the pass game for this past year for the bulldogs but i mean as a blocker you can't ask for more from the tight end position then they got nick herbig who again honestly if i was to see herbig go anywhere i'm happy that i saw him go to the the Steelers. I feel like they'll use him exactly how you need to in this three-four, and I, I see them trying him out all over the place. And who knows? He he might he might be a guy who could develop into something uh, something pretty surprising. So uh, let's. Uh,
1: you know, I I like the Steelers draft class as a whole. Yeah. I'm, I'm the one. out Washington falling that far is so it crazy. Yeah. I know they're saying it's injury related. Like I think it was a foot or whatnot, but I just feel like. I just, I, it must be bad if that's, if he fell out. He must have been off a bunch of teams' boards if he fell that far, but great value and obviously ceilings all world. So let's see how that works out for them. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Rick. Give us your, uh, let's move on to the losers now. Give us your first loser.
1: So I want to spec, I want to start by saying this is three days after the draft ended. So in a few years, I may look a little uh, slow, but. For now, I'm going to put
0: we're, my. Uh, we're, we're 100% going to look slow if you look back on it. In yeah.
1: But I'll start off the, the first draft. I didn't really, wasn't the biggest fan of just value wise uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, they had a ton of picks. So I'm going to have to take a deep breath before I start with this one. Uh, Anton Harrison, the tackle out of Oklahoma in the first. Uh, Brenton Strange, tight end at Penn State in the second. Tanks Bigsby, the Auburn running back in the third. Ventrell Miller linebacker from Florida in the fourth. Tyler Lacey, the defensive end from Oklahoma State in the fourth as well. Yassir Abdullah, the outside linebacker from Louisville in the fifth. Antonio Johnson, the safety from AM. he fell a little bit as well. Uh, They got him in the fifth. Parker Washington, wide receiver from Penn State in the sixth. Christian Braswell, Rutgers cornerback in the sixth. Eric How- Howlett, Pittsburgh safety in the sixth. Cooper Hodges, Appalachian State offensive guard in the seventh. Raymond Vosek, North Carolina defensive tackle in the seventh. And then Derek Parrish, the fullback from Houston in the seventh. God respect, damn the, respect the fullback pick, but a lot of dart throws. Um, I guess off the top, I think the Anton Harrison pick was a little bit of a reach. I know they kind of got blindsided. I mean, who knows when they found out about the suspension, but I know we got blindsided a little bit. And you kind of kind of reached on the tackle just because – they need to protect Trevor Lawrence in that offense, but it doesn't really give you much versatility to play inside. I'm curious how that's going to work out once Cam Robinson does come back and just overall a little bit of a reach. I would have preferred them to go with a cornerback or like a Brian branch or even an interior pass rusher like Brian Bercy. I would have preferred to see in that spot and maybe taking some of the depth that this, uh, that position uh,
0: Osiris Torrance.
1: Yeah, that too. I mean, he can, he can't really play tackle, but sure. Oh yeah, oh uh, yeah,
0: we're still talking about obviously. I mean, the interior line help as well.
1: True, and then um, Breton Strange, like I said, over Darnell Washington. I know the medicals, but like, come on. And even over Tucker Craft, mm-hmm. those are two guys who can be uh, more prototypical wide tight ends for you who you can pair with Evan Ingram. I would have liked that, like the combination of those two. But you go with another guy who's kind of more of a flex type player. Doesn't really make much sense to me. I think they actually traded up to get him too, which is a little weird. And then Tank Bigsby over someone like Roshan Johnson, Chase Brown, Eric Gray, Zach Evans. I like Bigsby. I get he's a bigger back. I'm, I'm assuming that's what they were looking for to pair with Travis Etienne. But I think Roshan Johnson would have been a lot better fit. I think he would have been able to, on the pass pro and third downs, would have been good. Give you some special teams help and just overall fresher runner. So I would have preferred a pick like him or even Chase Edmonds, like I mentioned. So just some of those value picks, wasn't the biggest fan of. But I did did like, however, some of those day three dart throws. I don't know, Yasir Abdullah is a specimen, gives him some juice off the edge. And then uh, Parker Washington, love him as a future, just reliable slot wide receiver for this team. So not all bad, but just some of the value could have been better, in my opinion. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, no, like we said at the top
0: a lot of these teams uh really made their 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 club uh, a lot better. Uh some just made it a, less better. And uh I, I agree with you. I feel like Jacksonville Jaguars they had a ton of capital coming into this draft and they just they they you know, they didn't really uh hit the nail on the head, I guess you could say. Uh we'll get to my first loser and that is going to be the Dallas Cowboys. Really quick, their first round pick at 26 was Mozzie Smith. In the second round at pick 58, they got tight end out of Michigan, so back to back Wolverines, and that's the tight end Luke Schoonmaker. In the third, they got Demarvian Overshown, Overshone, linebacker out of Texas, um, who has edge capability, uh converted safety. Uh, they also have uh they also got 129. Uh, and the fourth, they got Vili, Viliami Fajoko Jr., sorry, defensive end out of San Jose State. At 169, they got a seam Richards tackle out of North Carolina. In the sixth, they got two picks: Eric Scott Jr. corner out of Southern Mississippi, and then they got running back Deuce Vaughn out of Kansas State. And then in the seventh, they got Jalen Brooks, wide receiver out of South Carolina. I guess I'll start it obviously at the top. First and foremost, this is one of the least athletic draft classes of the year. Again, this is honestly a. I could easily see this being a very, very good draft for them a few years down the road. I feel like they consistently, though, went for guys that were inconsistent tape-wise and guys that, honestly, you can see having solid ceilings. But even though with those solid ceilings, they just did not match up, as at least athletic-wise, uh, especially from an extremely athletic draft class. And I mean, I guess I'll start first with Mozzie Smith, you know, starting with one of the highest ceiling guys in the draft, but he can be extremely hit or miss. He was incredibly inconsistent with the tape, but had, you know, some of the best flashes, especially out of the interior D line outside of Jalen Carter. Uh, then you go and by my calculations, you, you know, you reach pretty heavily on Luke Schoonmaker. I, I was extremely unimpressed with his tape at fifty-eight. Uh, again, you had you had a guy like Tucker Craft available. You also had Darnell Washington, of course. Which, I mean, this was a big need for them. They did just let Schultz go after franchise tagging him last year. They refused to keep him on this year. I feel but,
1: like I, f- I feel like this is. Um, sorry to cut you off, but I feel yeah, like no, this please. Is, this was kind of almost a panic. Uh, emergency, I guess, first two picks after the bills trade up for Kincaid right ahead of them. I don't know if you saw the video of that they were debating Mozzie Smith and um, no, no, I did. I Matthew did. Bergeron, I believe it was the speculator at least, like down to the wire, which I feel like or is a little a games- rare. Yeah, so, I do, rare. I, I do think maybe it was a that Kincaid was their guy, they didn't really value Mayer as highly, so they kind of had a pivot, and this was almost like their uh plan B scenario. I will say that I do like the Massey Smith fit, but uh go on with the rest of your no, no.
0: I I I definitely like the fit, and again, I think that this could be a great draft for them. It, it has the potential; it has the possibility for it. I would just say it's unlikely. Uh, again, with Schoonmaker, I did want to bring up kind of the point that you just brought up that they were argu- they were not arguing, debating to the last second. uh for you know, tackle most likely guard Matthew Bergeron out of Syracuse, which I would have thought was a reach, and I would have thought that was a pretty brutal pick. But why not at fifty eight then? If you if you identify that interior line is going to be a is a huge need for you especially not just short term but long term in a year or two for sure why would you pass up on an osiris Torrance who went the pick after to the bills i i do not understand it that was the biggest reason i did not like the pick at 58 uh but i will say really to cut it short because we are going way longer than expected i obviously did love the story and I do like the player very much of Deuce Vaughn who they obviously snagged very late at 212 pick 212 yes very undersized but was incredibly productive and just a dog for that Kansas State offense and a lot of times ran through him even though many defenses if not all defenses knew it would they were still unable to stop him just a shifty guy and I'm excited to see them use him immediately in special teams but after that potentially have some really cool Darren Sproles like possible production in this NFL.
1: Yeah, no, that was obviously another sick video that came out of that draft, but Yeah. Root for Deuce, love that guy. Yeah, yeah, you're a big Deuce guy. Uh so uh go on to your
0: last loser.
1: Yeah, so my last loser, I'll make this one quick as well, but I have the Chiefs. Um I'm just run through their draft pretty quick. Feels on a DK Uzama, the edge from Kansas State with in the first round. Rashie Rice, is he from SMU in the second. Uh, Wanya Morris, the offensive of tackle from Oklahoma in the third. Chamari Connor, the Virginia Tech safety in the fourth. BJ Thompson, edge from Stephen F. Austin in the fifth. Keandre Coburn, Texas defensive tackle in the sixth. And round out with Nick Jones, Ball State cornerback in the seventh. It's um, so off the top. I like Felix on Ozama as a player, but I just like some of the other players at that position who were on the board a little bit more, I would have preferred BJ Ojalara here. I thought that pick made a ton of sense. I think I just repeatedly mocked them that them throughout the process. I just really loved that fit. Um, or even Derek Hall, who went a lot, a lot earlier than most of us expected. He went early second round. I think he even mm-hmm. went before BJ. But I think both those guys I would have preferred a little bit more in Kansas City. But, again, FAU, I think he's a local guy too, so he'll end up being a good player. Uh, what I really didn't like trading up eight spots and then going with Rasheed Rice when you had players like Josh Downs, Marvin Mims, who actually went the pick they traded to move up, uh, Jalen Hyatt, Cedric Tillman. Yeah, I think there was oh a, my God. a ton of better options on them. I think Marvin Mims and Josh Downs in particular would have been really good fits. I think them. Mims would have been awesome to see in that Chiefs offense. Even, even Hyatt, I think, would have been a, a better pick. But so just kind of a head scratching move, uh, Rasheed Rice. I know a lot of people are fans of him. He's a little bigger, so maybe that was it. I think he's 6'1", 6'2", but I don't know. Of and then was. and then trading up, again, I think they traded up to get Wanya Morris when DeWan Jones is on the board. I think DeWan Jones made so much sense for this team. They Orlando Brown, they just lost or let walk, I guess. They didn't really lose them, but they got experience with those big, freakishly big tackles. I think DeWan Jones is someone they could have plugged in at right tackle from day one. Maybe, maybe Wanya Morris proves us wrong, or proves me wrong, rather, but – I think Dewan Jones would have been a better picked there. So, those are just my issues with that. I will say
0: as far as them avoiding Dewan Jones, I feel like that made sense, not for Juan Morris, but I do feel like it made sense because I feel like they were very very unhappy with Orlando Brown specifically because he was very ineffective and he seemed to get blown by really quick when it came to speed rush, and I feel like they need to emphasize on that when it comes to Pat and how he plays the game. And uh, I I believe that's why they kind of stayed away from the vending machine with limbs. But uh, I will move on for the sake of time. And my second loser, and I hate to say loser because I definitely don't identify them as a loser per se but again this is just a team that I see everyone harping on that they killed it they killed it they killed it and I love rooting for this team and I love Pete Carroll but I do not see how the Seattle Seahawks especially when you evaluate who they took when Other people were available at these spots and for the holes that they need to fill. I just don't get all the praise they're getting. And I consider them, I I guess you could say a loser first and foremost, you know, I do not, and I will repeat this. I do not incorporate trades from outside a particular draft draft class. I apologize when calculating these draft grades. I, I strictly grade off the draft assets and how they were used themselves obviously we all know that the Seahawks got a king's ransom for russ and even bronco fans would agree that honestly they got taken for a ride for the most part and not broncos you know broncos nation let's ride that kind of actually works but uh you know that being said let's get into the picks their first pick they got devon witherspoon corner out of illinois then they get Jackson Smith and Jigba, another first rounder wide out from Ohio state. And then in the second, they get two picks. They got Derek Hall edge out of Auburn and then Zach Charbonnet running back out of UCLA. In the fourth, they also had a pair of picks. They got Anthony Bradford guard from LSU and cam young defensive tackle, Mississippi state. They had two picks in the fifth with Mike Morris defensive end out of Michigan. And then another Wolverine, Alu Alu Watimi, the center out of Michigan. And, The sixth, they got Jarek Reed, The second, safety out of New Mexico. And then lastly, with their seventh round pick, they got a dart throw at the horrifically testing Kenny McIntosh, running back out of Georgia, who obviously had great production for the Bulldogs, but was a guy who had about the same athletic numbers as me or Ray if we got up and did it right now. But uh, moving on, I mean, at five, they took Devin Witherspoon. He had you know, pairing that with Tariq Woolen, I could see it. It it sounds awesome. And they could automatically be one of the best tandem cornerbacks in the league. But uh, I mean, they had it. And I don't hate the pick. I really do like it, but I think Tyree Wilson would have been a dream for this team and a team that needs to get better at rushing the corner quarterback. I mean, how do you make, how do you make your corners better? And how do you kind of make up for the lack of, how good your corners are you do it with effective rushing of the quarterback i feel like tyree wilson would have been just awesome to see in this seattle defense and i feel like something they desperately need then instead of addressing it at 20 and getting maybe like a nolan smith or a miles murphy who knows a bj Ojolari, which i could see and i would even like there uh they get jsn who Many know, is my. I'm not a big fan. He's my wide receiver. Four. He was the first wide receiver taken over, and he also, they also started the, you know, the run on wide receivers, which after went Quentin Johnston, then Zay Flowers, then Jordan Addison. I personally just don't see why they would go at JSN. They use three wide receivers at the lowest clip in the NFL by quite a large margin. Uh, They do it only about 60% of the time. And I, if you're going to have in those two wide receiver sets, you you need to be able to play outside, which JSN is going to be pretty much strictly a slot. I mean, I'm not saying that he can't play outside. He can, but it just doesn't seem to really emphasize on his you know, on his strengths. So I think a Zay Flowers there, and I think a Zay Flowers would have been a perfect dream pick for the Seattle Seahawks team. I really do. He has more he's more explosive. He has the inside outside versatility. He can be that seamless Tyler Lockett replacement when he gets, you know, he because he is aging. Um then at 37, they finally do address that edge with Derek Hall. And he's a very polished run block, a run defender. Uh, at 250 on 250 pounds but he is a project when it comes to his pass rushing and even though i see him be developing into a good pass rusher and i don't think it's a bad pick a lot of people think it was too early i think it was fine i just don't think it really addresses what they need um then this pick was really the pick that i'm just shaking my head the most at and i'll, I'll stop here because they have a fuck ton of other picks and we don't have the time but zach charbonnet at pick 52 is flat out ridiculous it is obviously just pete carroll faction fashion but these rarely work out and not only that you already have you already have an awesome highly efficient workhorse in kenneth walker who is awesome not only passing catching the ball but also rushing He's wildly efficient whether he's rushing inside or out. And I love Jacques Charbonnet, but to get this pick, it just does not make any sense to me. And for that reason, I consider them losers. I think that this draft could have been a fucking home run. Luckily last year was already a trend setting and a organization setting draft. This one could have been, if it was that at the same time, because they had the same amount of picks, but, uh, not the same amount exactly, but amazing draft capital. It could have been just setting them up big time for the future. I think that they could have been better set up.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is more just like a, a perception kind of thing. I feel like outside perception is different from their internal perception. I think they're kind of, I guess this just tells us they're okay with Nuoso, who had a big year, Daryl Taylor and um Boy Mafe, who they just drafted recently. So I think they have a lot of faith in them. And they they just used it on some flashier picks. I mean, say what you will, I think having uh Jack Smith and Jig as your third uh wide receiver really does help Geno Smith out a lot too. I mean, fit may not be perfect, but he's gonna give you some tough underneath yardage, which is what they need. And then, I mean, the the I will say the Charbonnet pick didn't really make much sense, but it is a I guess a committee league nowadays. So you have the assets might as well use them on another highly effective back. That's, but again, I, as a head scratcher.
0: Yep. So uh, that rounds us out. Uh, We definitely a lot longer than expected, but it's very hard to fit these in quickly um, considering we just want to say so much more than we actually get to say, but uh, thanks for sticking around boys. And thanks. uh, I hope you enjoyed the podcast for today. Please don't forget to rate and subscribe. And uh, Ray, do I do uh, the sauce send off? Do do a send off. Do something. What do you What do you want? What do you got?